My name is Johan, and this is Beholding. I'm taking a long journey endeavoring to find out what God is like using the scriptures as my roadmap, and I'm inviting you to come with me. The podcast is our canvas, and the painting is an ever-expanding portrait of Jesus. So let's pause and take the time to behold him together. God is glorified not only by his glories being seen, but by its being rejoiced in. Jonathan Edwards. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beholding. I'm Johan, and I'm so happy you joined me again. Before we get into the good stuff, let's get all that information out of the way so that by the end of the podcast, you can use that time just to connect with the Lord's heart without distractions. First of all, follow, share the podcast, all those nice things to help spread the word. I want to invite you to check out the website, which will host show notes, blog posts of each episode. And if you're joining me on the journey of writing down your list, maybe you missed an episode you can keep up with the list of attributes on the blog at beholding.ca. And if you're interested in getting music, I actually wrote music for each episode. I'll be releasing some of that music. And if you want to get it and any extra bonus content, just go to beholding.ca to find out how to get that. And maybe you want to contribute to the list. Maybe you got something you want to share. Head over to the website. I would love to hear what you got. Okay, now that that's out of the way, get out your list And let's get on with our passage. Last week, we looked at Revelation 1, 7, and 8. We got a bit of a glimpse about how he feels and how he does things when we are talking about his return. Now, I found that it is through years of meditating and thinking on these things that helped me to get to the place where I can actually begin to believe them. I mean, it's so far out of our normal experience and our human minds to think of a man riding down on the clouds. It's fascinating for sure, which is one of the reasons why doing this exercise and declaring the truths of these things is even more important to help us to believe them. And it's such a powerful tool. Today, we're going to be continuing getting into Revelation 1, 9 to 11. So let's read it. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos, on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in the book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea. Now, this week's passage is loaded for sure. I got 11 things, and maybe, again, you get more. Please send those to me. I'd love to hear what they are so that I can add to my list. So, we're going to go to number one. So, in that first verse, it says, the patient endurance that are in Jesus. So, there's our first description of Jesus himself right there. He has patient endurance. Now, that's something that many of us are lacking, but again, it is found in in the person of Jesus. So, if we want to have patient endurance, we get that through the person of Jesus. He wants to be the way that we accomplish having endurance and that patient endurance. Number two, John was on Patmos on account of God's word. 
and his testimony of Jesus. Okay, so there's our second thing. He allows his people to be persecuted, imprisoned on his account. This is something about him. Now, that might be offensive to some people, but it's true. John was put on the island of Patmos because of the word, because of Jesus. But it also leads me into my third and fourth thing. Number three, his word is offensive to many. If it wasn't offensive, John wouldn't have been put on the island. So we know that God's word is offensive. And number four, the testimony of Jesus in our lives is offensive to many. I could probably meditate on that for a long time, and I'm sure it will root out a lot of offense in my heart. So number five, John said, I was in the spirit, which tells us he allows us to enter into something called the spirit. Some may say it's the heavenly realm, but I'll just let you chew on that. We're going to just read it as it is in the verse. Number six, and I heard behind me. So for those that think Jesus is only beside you, creating a path ahead of you, this verse tells us that he is also behind us. He's a voice behind us. So number seven, he speaks. Now, I'm not sure in in this context if it was a physical experience or if it was a vision, but he heard the Lord speak to him. Number eight, he has a loud voice. Now, we will learn that he uses many different voices to convey stuff, but he also has a loud voice. That's what we're reading in this passage. Number nine, he actually told people what to write down. Now, sometimes that might be through a vision, a dream, or even an angel, but he does tell us what to write down. He sends messages. Now, the connotation to this is the word is God-breathed. He inspires us to write. He makes us messengers. You could probably put those things down on a list separately, but I'll keep it as number nine. Number 10, he wanted it written down for the seven churches, which means he actually cares and has instructions for his church. He doesn't want to leave them to figure it out on their own. He actually cares for his church. He has instructions for his church. Number 11, God tells him which churches, which tells me God isn't vague. He has specific plans for specific people that he wants to reveal to us to accomplish his purposes. That tells us a lot about his character and nature. We think of him as so vague, but he actually has plans and purposes specifically for us, for the church that he wants to accomplish. Now, again, when I make my list, and you can do this throughout your week, and as you think on these things, turn them into declarations about who he is. Speak to the Lord what he has spoken about himself. So, here we go. We're going to do it. Jesus, you have patient endurance, and it's found in you. You allow those you love to be persecuted. God, your word is offensive to many. The testimony of you in my life is offensive to many. Jesus, you take people up in the spirit. You are behind me. You have my back.
you speak and you give instruction. And Jesus, you have a loud voice. You inspire writing. You've instructed your people what to write in the past. You care and have instructions for your church, plans and purposes. You have specific plans that you want to reveal to us. You don't want to hide them. You want to reveal your plans to us and your church. Jesus, thank you for your patient endurance. Cause us to be just like you. God, pull me into agreement with who you are in your word, even when it offends those around me. Even though the testimony of you in my life may cause offense to many, and even though it causes persecution, whatever it brings, bring me into alignment and agreement with who you are, with agreement with your heart. Thank you that you speak and that you have a voice and that you haven't left us to figure it out on our own, that you haven't left us to our own ideas. You are with us and you are for us, Jesus, and we love you. How did these things make you feel today? Are the questions that arise when you hear these things? Have you experienced him in any of these ways in your own life? Are there examples in your life that you know this to be true? So take the time to talk to the Lord about it. Maybe journal it out. And if you want to share what you got, I'd love to hear about it as well. Again, head over to beholding.ca if you want to share anything. Thanks for taking this exciting journey with me. We'll talk to you again soon. May God give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Yeah.